0: This is Planet Money from NPR.
1: Back in 2008, 2009, Neil Kashkari worked for the federal government. He was running TARP, the federal bailout program for the banks and the car companies. Now he works at the Federal Reserve. He's the president of the Minneapolis branch of the Fed, and he's on the Federal Open Market Committee. That's the part of the Fed that sets policy for the whole country. In other words, he was in the room where the key things happened in the bailouts of 2008. And now, like... Just this week, as the Fed is trying to prevent the economic crisis from becoming a full-blown financial crisis, he is in the room again. I mean, sort of. It's Neil. Hi, it's Jacob Goldstein. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you.
1: I'm talking to you from a closet. Does it sound okay?
0: (laughs) It does sound okay.
1: Uh, Where are you?
0: I'm in my basement at
1: home. Uh, what's your, You got an office there? You're like uh, running the regional Fed from a remote location right now? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Well, our whole bank is working from home beginning this week.
1: Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Jacob Goldstein. Today on the show, Congress is debating a trillion dollar bailout for the economy. So I called up Neil Kashkari to talk about the mistakes that he and his colleagues made in the bailout of 2008, what we can learn from them and what the Fed and Congress and the President should be doing to save the economy right now. Support for NPR and the following message come from Hiscox, the business insurance experts who tailor intelligent insurance solutions to fit each business's very specific needs, which may explain their 97% customer service rating. Get a quote or purchase a policy at Hiscox.com. Hiscox. Encourage courage.
0: Planet Money has a newsletter straight to your inbox. It's just the right amount of economics weekly. Go to npr.org planetmoneynewsletter Planet
1: Newsletter. Earlier this week, we posted an episode of Planet Money explaining a bunch of emergency programs that the Fed is launching basically right now. The short version of what the Fed is doing is they're doing a bunch of emergency lending And they're doing it to try to prevent this economic collapse that we're going through right now, to try to prevent that from becoming a financial crisis that would make the economy even worse. And all that emergency lending, that was the first thing that Kashkari and I talked about.
0: I mean, this is is literally the reason that the Federal Reserve was created. The reason that central banks were created were to be that lender of last resort when there's so much economic uncertainty that everybody is pulling back. They're demanding cash because they're scared. banks come under a lot of pressure because they just don't have that much cash sitting around so they have to turn to the Federal Reserve and that we are we are trying to fulfill our core responsibility in making sure that there's enough liquidity in the financial system meaning money basically meaning money yes I
1: um, wish everybody would just say money when they said liquidity uh, <laughs> so well, so let's just walk down that road for a minute if we can I mean in terms of so we're at this moment when everybody wants money, nobody wants to lend, and you know now and even more in the coming weeks, more and more people and companies are going to be unable to pay back their debts, right This is the thing that is starting to happen now is is going to keep happening like what happens? What happens when everybody stops paying their debts
0: just the the simplest example is think about uh, a landlord and a tenant in an office building or in a strip mall. So the the coffee shop shuts, lays off their workers, doesn't pay their the owner of that strip mall, and then that owner doesn't have money to pay their bank because they probably have a mortgage on that. Right. And then the bank has bad debts, and then the bank ends up having more difficulty raising capital or raising funding because they're bad debt. So, it literally can cascade through the economy and that's why you absolutely need the federal government to step in and to provide resources to break these chain of dominoes which would fall uh you know and causing widespread damage.
1: Like are falling, right? Like our to be falling. clear, it's happening now, it's happening right? Now. The coffee shop is obviously closed. I'm not buying coffee, the person who runs the coffee shop can't pay the rent, the person who owns the building can't pay the mortgage, the bank can't function if people aren't paying the mortgage. Like that's that's the thing that's happening now.
0: That is. And so the good news is the big banks and most banks in America have a lot more of their own capital than they had before the financial crisis, yes. so they are better positioned to endure these losses, but only so far. Yeah. And you know, it's also happening for big companies like airlines which get a lot of attention. I don't know anybody who's buying cars right now, so it's going to affect the auto companies. And the big question is, is this going to go on for a few weeks? I hope so, but I kind of doubt it. Or is it going to go on for months? And we just don't know how long this is. And only the federal government has the balance sheet, has the financial resources to support the U.S. economy and to stop the dominoes from falling.
1: So so you ran TARP, right? The the bailout of the banks and car companies in, in 2008 and 2009. And, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was, like, I wanted to know sort of what you learned from that that might be helpful now.
0: Well, I'll tell you, there are two things that strike me. This, this is obviously a health crisis, not starting in the banking sector. So there are huge differences. Yeah. But there are two two mistakes we made in the financial crisis that I think are directly relevant that I don't. I hope we don't repeat the mistakes this time. Number one, we were always slow and we were timid. We were too small. And the reason is we didn't know how bad the crisis was going to get, and we didn't want to overreact. Well, that was wrong. We kept thinking, well, maybe we've done enough. And then we realized, oh my gosh, we have not done enough. We need to do a lot more. And ultimately, we had this devastating Great Recession that took a massive fiscal and monetary response to bring the, the economy back from the brink of collapse. Well, one of my takeaways is when the downside scenario is that devastating, you should overreact. The right policy response is to overreact to try to avoid that terrible downside scenario. So whether it's the health policy response or the fiscal policy response or the monetary policy response, we should be erring on the side of doing too much.
1: Let's talk about fiscal policy. That is Congress uh, authorizing money to Get out into the economy. Would you I say, think they're yeah.
0: moving more quickly than I would have guessed, especially okay. given the partisan politics right now. Yeah, and they're talking about scale of a trillion dollars, which at least seems like it's the right order of magnitude. Uh huh. So I'm. I think that I think that our political leaders, as much friction as there is in our system, I think they've learned from the financial crisis that you got to move fast and you got to be big. Okay. So I'm cautiously optimistic.
1: So or move move fast and be big. Were those the two or were those one lesson? I forget. No,
0: that's one, one lesson okay. is err on the side of being aggressive. The second okay. lesson is don't worry about targeting your programs. In both the Bush and Obama administrations and the Congress, designed lots of programs to try to help homeowners in 2008 and 2009 avoid foreclosure. But the American people were angry about bailouts and they said, we don't want our neighbor who is irresponsible getting a bailout. So we had lots of screening criteria. Well, because of all that, very few homeowners actually got helped by all of our programs. And in my opinion, the housing downturn was more severe than it needed to be. We were penny wise and pound foolish. And so today in the COVID crisis, policymakers should be focused on helping as many businesses and as many workers as possible, not trying to narrowly target who needs, who's deserving and who's not If we waste time trying to make those distinctions, we're going to be too late.
1: And so specifically, what does that look like? If you turn that sort of general statement into, at this moment, the government should do this specific thing, but not that specific thing, what is that?
0: Well, think about going back to the small business. I mean, if the government is going to try to vet thousands of small businesses, tens of thousands of small businesses to determine, is your coffee shop shut because of the virus? Or is your coffee shop shut because you make bad coffee? If they try to make those distinctions, <laughs> it's going to be way too late. Yeah. The key is speed. And the key is, is there a way to keep businesses operating and keeping people employed? We have unemployment insurance. But once people leave the workforce and go, you know, they lose their jobs. What we learned after the financial crisis, it took more than 10 years for the labor market to heal, bringing people back to work. 10 years, we would be much, much better off as a country if we could get resources to the coffee shops, to the restaurants, so they can keep their staffs employed until we get through this. The, the losses to society, individually and to society of unemployment, are profound, and they are long endured. So they need to just err on the side of helping as many businesses and as many workers as possible so that we can keep the economy going and keep workers employed. And, and, you know, so one thing that I was thinking of this morning, there's been talk about maybe loans to small businesses. Well, one way to do it, maybe you make the loan forgivable if they actually keep all their staff uh-huh. or they keep 90 percent of their
1: staff. So, OK, that's businesses, small businesses, obviously important. Uh, but what about just regular people? I mean, in particular, we've been getting a lot of questions from our listeners about debt, like mortgage debt, et cetera. Is there something the federal government should do about Debt for ordinary people.
0: I mean, the best the best way to do it that I can think of in terms of actually implementing it is just sending money to people. Uh-huh. And maybe it's $1,000 to everybody below a certain income level. And then if the virus perpetuates for months, you do it again next month and you do it again next month and they can decide, okay, I got to use it to pay my mortgage or make my car payment. And then you recognize some people are going to get it and they're not going to need it or they're not going to spend it. And that's okay. You just have to be okay with that. Because if you take the time to try to figure out who really needs it, it's going to be too late.
1: Basically, just carpet bomb the country with money. Yes. So that's the policy level. I'm also interested in talking with you about sort of the personal level. I mean, you were the guy who everybody yelled at last time. (laughs) That's true. Uh, That was like your job, right? Go sit there in Congress while they yell at you about the bailout. You were the guy in all of the rooms or in a lot of the rooms when people were deciding to do this or do that. There is somebody who is about to be the guy or the lady with that job now, right? There's going to be somebody whose job is getting this trillion dollars out to America. What would you tell them based on your experience? Well,
0: I'd say two things. One is hopefully it won't be as bad because I think most Americans get that this is essentially a natural disaster. Yeah, This is nobody's not somebody fault. taking some risk, yeah. exactly. So hopefully this will be a better environment politically uh, in that scenario. And then second, just focus on doing your job as quickly and as effectively as you can. You're not going to be able to control the politics. I certainly couldn't. I doubt this person will be able to, but just focus on getting your programs going as fast as possible. We need speed and we need execution, and that's where their focus should be. Uh,
1: are there any uh, particular moments from um, from when you were running TARP that come back to you?
0: Sure. I mean, I remember. You know, we thought the. I mean, we really believed that the financial system was literally collapsing beneath our feet. And I remember we were all working day and night. I was sleeping in my office. I remember an economist came into my office crying at 10 o'clock at night saying the financial system is collapsing, what are we gonna do? And I said, all we can do is focus on what we can control. And what we can control is getting our programs up and running as quickly as possible. And if that's not fast enough and the system collapses, then we will work to try to put it back together again. And I think that's true here. We will get through this. We've gotten through very serious things in the past. We will get through this, but there's gonna be a lot of uncertainty along the way and a lot of hardship along the way for a lot of people.
1: Who else should we talk to about what's going on right now? Let us know by email at planetmoney@npr.org, at or you can find us on social media at PlanetMoney. Money. Uh, today's show was produced by Nick Fountain and Darian Woods. Our editor is Brian Erstad. Our senior supervising producer is Alex Goldmark. I'm Jacob Goldstein. This is NPR. Thanks for listening.